is the Age of Space from the band King Ghidra. And this is the podcast Monster Kid Radio, the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. This is episode 24, and I am your host, Derek M. Cook. Now, in this episode, we've got part two of our discussion about the movie Matango with artist and friend of mine, Tom Beagler. And I hope he becomes a friend of yours as well, because he's got some original artwork that he's going to give away in this episode of Monster Kid Radio. We're going to do a contest, and we're going to talk about that at the very end of the show. Also, at the end of the show, you'll hear that song, The Age of Space, in its entirety. That song does appear courtesy of the band King Ghidra, which you can find online by going to their Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash king.ghidra.rock, or look them up at reverbnation.com. You'll find links to their websites in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. Also, over on our website, you'll find our contact information. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. And our phone number, where you can leave voicemails that we will use in a future episode of Monster Kid Radio, over at 503-479-5MKR. If you have any thoughts about anything that we've talked about here on the show, well, over the past 24 episodes, please feel free to call that in, and we'll have a special feedback episode down the line. Also on our website is a link to the Essential Trailers YouTube page that we have set up, as well as our Flickr album where I've got pictures of various Monster Kid Radio events and images, including a picture of me and Tom Beagler holding the Matingo mini bust that he's created for this show. Again, stay tuned. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Also in this episode of Monster Kid Radio, we are playing another game of the Classic Five with Larry Underwood, a.k.a. horror host Dr. Gang Green. He's been on the show as a guest before, and he will be on the show again in the near future. Next week, in fact. Well, we'll talk about that then later. Something else we'll talk about later are a couple of movies that I've seen over the past week or so. I'm excited to share with you what I've been watching. But really, you guys are here from Matango. I'm here from Matango. We'll get into part two of our discussion about Matango with Tom Beagler, as well as some talk about what his fandom of these movies has done for him, him as an artist, and something that he has hanging up on the wall in his home theater that made it really hard for me to focus on the movie screen. We'll get to that right after this. The question is, where did the horror host go when they have no other place to go? And the answer is, the horror host graveyard! <laughs> Make sure you swing by the horror host graveyard and dig up the fetid, rotting remains of horror hosts from the past, present, and future. Man, you can go there and find information about all the great horror hosts, old and new. It's like the manifold of monster mayhem. Horror hosts from the past. You can find out about Zachary, Vampira, Goulardi. All kinds of great stuff. You've got people's music, you got movie clips, you got horror hosting clips. And you can find out about current horror hosts like Penny Dreadful, that's me, The Bone Jangler, Dr. Gang Green, and uh, Professor Anton Griffin, Carlos Borloff. They're all there waiting for you in the graveyard. Isn't that fun? How to party there? Oh, I'm telling you, rock and roll, go blue, green, purple. I mean, then oh, we get it on. What you should do is go to horrorhostgraveyard.com. I like to visit the horrorhostgraveyard.com. Horrorhostgraveyard.com. One thing that I like about what your fandom has done for you or to you, 
Ah. <laughs> that doesn't um, sound good. What? <laughs> well, you know, like I said at the top of this, you're the guy who created the Monster Kid Radio radio box. And when we were doing Mail Order Zombie, you know, years ago, you created a, a zombie coming out of the ground. And, and you are a sculptor. You're an artist. Well, I used to enjoy art mm-hmm. when I was young. You know, and in, in grade school, I was the best artist. Oh, really? And then in high school, I was... A better artist than most. <laughs> and in college, I was uh, there was a lot of good artists, and I kind of fell away from it. Mm-hmm. But it's something I've always liked. I always liked drawing and just anything creative, really. So I'm trying to, thanks to you, yeah, you're kind of, in fact, I think that MOZ Reborn. The zombie thing. I'll put a picture f- of that on the website. Was the first sculpture. Well, actually, that was the first sculpture I've ever done. Really? Yeah, because I started, I think I started, oh, I started one of the uh, Island of Terror. One of the silicates? Yeah, Yeah. I think I talked to you about that. And then it had an issue when I tried to bake it where it split in half and I just threw it in the garbage. Yeah, you had a, what was it, styrofoam on the inside or something? Yeah. And it just kind of expanded in the oven? Yeah, that was a technical error. That's all right. You know. (laughs) But I learned. I learned something. Exactly. It's a lesson, right? (laughs) Well, I've seen some of your other artwork. I've seen like your fly. Oh, my fly. We're watching this one and, and you said, you know. You want to do maybe a diorama of this? Yeah, I have some thoughts for a Matango diorama. The mushroom people, the monsters in this, they look really cool. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. And it's easy to sculpt them because they're just a bunch of lumps. <laughs> <laughs> and you use like sculpting? Like yeah, I'm using sculpting now. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to experiment. You know, the Derek, I know Derek has a history of uh, a lot of uh, makeup costuming mm. and stuff and uh we have talked about maybe getting together and trying to get some projects off the ground it's definitely something that like i said i, I really love that these movies and 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 having known you and being able to see where the inspirations for some of your artwork comes from because i'm now drawing as well which is something i used to do when i was a kid and then kind of let it go to the wayside because you know got to get a real job or whatever you know <laughs> it's, it's one of those things and yeah, definitely. I think there's something about these movies, specifically these monster movies, that just beg to be recreated by the fans of these movies in some other kind of medium. Does that make sense? It does. Exactly. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is about the movies, but when I sit down to draw something, I want to draw the Gill Man. I don't want to draw a portrait of somebody. Yeah. You know, and have you ever tried to do any kind of artwork or sculpture of something non monster movie ish? I have a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I haven't drawn. This is, I just started drawing again. I mean, I quit in college and I really just kind of quit until maybe a couple of years ago. But, it, you know, I've done it, but I do feel a connection. You know, those are real fond memories for me of watching these movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just interesting to try to put your own spin on something yeah. or, or take a memory or something that's close to your heart and just, you know, do your own thing with it. So well, I've enjoyed what I've seen, man. And I, I I want to see what you do with the mushroom people. Uh, I, I would actually, and I don't know, maybe there should have been, or I think maybe even said there were toys released in Japan. I believe there was. I, di- I didn't do a whole bunch of research, but I did happen to notice that there was, yeah, they put out a line of, I, 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 <laughs> I saw it online, of course, where they put out a line of toys of these different mushroom creatures. Huh. And they actually had a couple of the singer, the, the, the gal singer. Really? As a... There's an action figure? figure? Action figure. Huh. Evidently, the mushroom characters have been in at least a couple other movies or series, so they actually weren't exclusive to this movie. Huh. Well, now I'm fascinated by that. I want to go check them out and track them down, because that, 
That sounds, and you know, if they're on archive.org, that would imply that they're public domain as well. So I wonder if somebody else ever did something with that kind of character and wasn't part of Toho or whatever. I don't know. It just seems fascinating to me. Yeah. You know, some people know that I have a role-playing game background as well. And, you know, there are mushroom people in classic Dungeons and Dragons that I feel like are almost directly, you know, related to the design of these characters and in, in, in the, the, the mushroom people anyway. And I mean, it's, it's a monster that I feel like needs to have more exposure. You know, I want to see more mushroom people. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want more yeah. mushroom people? I mean, I don't. We tell people, Brenda and I tell people that we're allergic to mushrooms because we really, really don't like to eat them anyway. I know, I know the story. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, confession time. I'm not really allergic to mushrooms, but I've learned over the years if I go out to eat, if I tell somebody I'm allergic to mushrooms, they're very careful about not making sure I, or making sure I have no mushrooms. Uh, that actually kind of came up with. <laughs> <laughs> I made the point. mushroom mistake. Yeah. We we came clean. Tom Tom knows that we just really ah. don't like them. We're not allergic. And we're so much closer now. Yes, we are. It was it was a growing period for us. It was <laughs> it was like the bursting silicate in the oven. We, we, it, it was a lesson learned. <laughs> but now I really don't want to eat mushrooms. Ah. Especially the ones in this. <laughs> <laughs> but they're delicious. Uh-huh. That was creepy, the way the singer was just smiling with the happy mushroom. And you were telling me you knew what the mushrooms were made out of? Yeah. I read that they were made out of uh, rice pastry. Okay. I'm not sure which actress it was, but the, the men at the pastry shop were so taken with either the student or the singer that they went out of their way to make sure these little uh mushrooms were flavored with sugar or other things and, uh-huh. and i think derek and i noticed on one of the last oh, scenes God. um the singer was uh eating a mushroom and it looked like it was coated in something well it looked like something from alien yeah it was, it was gooey there's your giggle right <laughs> there it is again, right? <laughs> it looked slimy which oh no didn't look good but it, she it, ate it she it was some sort of frosting that's what that's, i'm gonna tell myself i think you should do that uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> for your own sake yes yes uh, anything else about the movie we should talk about before we tell people to go buy it and r- watch it and love it uh not really just watch it oh wait a minute did we even discuss that it was a uh or did you feel that way that it was a riff on uh, invasion of the body snatchers oh that's one thing i wanted to mention because while we're watching it you brought that up so invasion of the body snatchers i mean iconic monster movie uh, more than one version of that story has been filmed and, and at least two of them are great i could see some parallels in this though i actually like the last one not that bad which one the one from the 90s yeah the one with uh, nicole kidman oh right okay i didn't mind that one well, i like the ending that one i haven't seen oh really it's yeah. not bad i can't remember the name of it now it's, yeah, I mean, uh, can I, but yeah it's it's uh, invasion i think it's invasion because if you fall asleep and then that's when they get you what and that in that the 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 whole thing when you fall asleep in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that's when they... Yeah, you've seen this movie, haven't you? Well, yeah, yeah. They gave me <laughs> okay. a question to look like maybe I, I was wrong. <laughs> no, and you're, I'm not, like, oh, God, you're never wrong, I, Derek. I, we I, know I'm looking bad on my own show. <laughs> but in this movie, it's not sleep. No, it's hunger. Everybody's really hungry because yeah. limited food, you know, the rations. And I would actually even... I don't know if I would have been down with eating the food they find on the fungus ship right away. I mean, they, they find these, these canned food and I guess they just assumed it was okay but I, yeah. i'd question that so uh, but yeah as soon as you eat something that's when they get you in this one anyway yes eat the wrong thing the mushrooms <laughs> which is why i'm going to tell everybody now from now on that i am allergic to mushrooms but yeah i can see the parallels there I yeah i think so you know one thing about this one and uh which is a little different i i can see the parallels the the one big difference for me in this one is that 
it starts out very small. You got a guy in a cell. Uh-huh. All the stuff happens, the uh, takeover by the mushroom people. And then it ends up in a cell mm-hmm. with the guy at the end. Oh, I'm a mushroom. It, it's so confined, the ending. When I think of the ending of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, see, that's a global yeah, that's true. thing. So it's like, I almost wish the ending, and you know, again, I'm not a professional at this, but I almost <laughs> think it would have been better if maybe he would have taken, you know, if somehow the Matango could have been on the boat that he took with him ah. and somehow it crashed on somewhere japan you know just In some japan island somewhere, yeah and at the end they see other people eating some yeah, of that would mushroom. make it really bleak see in that way it's you know kind of goes to a bigger yeah. scale that's one thing i just it was kind of like eh, the guy's a mushroom tough break <laughs> you know. yeah bummer huh yeah well could be worse <laughs> No, your 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 idea would make it actually really really bleak, and it would turn it into this. I mean, that's it. There'd be no more room for any sequels and off, you know, or spinoffs or anything else. That's it. You're done. Well, I don't think there's been a spinoff in what's it been fifty years. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the mushrooms did win. <laughs> maybe. maybe maybe they, they were all mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where to take that one. <laughs> let it lie just let it lie <laughs> no i did like this movie though and it was fun watching it here in your home theater man it's you know surrounded by all these other monster movie posters oh and yeah such, you i know? love my monsters yeah and i love your home theater I mean, this is the first time i've watched a movie out here and uh you know i'm gonna be coming back oh and uh, uh you okay. know I'll, I'll uh i'm just inviting myself over now <laughs> i'm gonna change my locks okay you probably should and you know check your walls before you i leave to make sure i didn't take anything with me because uh, you've got some awesome posters in here, including The Creature Walks Among Us. Ah, yeah. You know. Well, I went through, Mona and I went through a phase where we decided we had to get a lot of old movie stuff, so. I think that's a wonderful phase to be in. Yeah. Until <laughs> the money runs out. <laughs> well, and you were talking about Giger a second ago. I mean, you got an alien piece up here, so. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's the pinnacle of my collection there, mm-hmm. is that one. But Is that a, is that movie used yeah that's the original chess piece arms and hands from the first alien wow well while tom was in the other room getting us root beer before we started the movie i actually took a picture of it so uh, i might i might put that online let people take a look and 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 see i i I will make sure that i post your address and and please do your your, your schedule yeah basically make sure and leave our key code and all that stuff i will i will because i want to make sure people have a chance to experience this i'll just leave it in the front yard that sounds great that way somebody could just swing by and pick it up Awesome, Tom. Well, thank you for appearing on Monster Kid Radio, man. Thank you. It's an honor, a, a pleasure. I'm sorry I put it off so long, but as I said, I'm uh, scared. <laughs> so, yeah. By the time this whole thing is done, after I've edited it all up, we'll, we'll both sound like what we know. What, all right. Sound like we know what we're talking about. So. I only have about two lines in the whole thing, probably. No, man. This is you brought a bunch of research, man, that I didn't <laughs> yeah, have about well. this movie. This is this is the first time for me. So, but not the last. No, not at all. No. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> I've watched two movies this week. Both of these are from the 50s, and they're science fiction movies. Uh, first, I watched 1954's Riders to the Stars. It's directed by Richard Carlson, who, well, is in my favorite film, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. This time, he's a director. He also appears in the film as well, in one of the lead roles. Now, this is the second of three films from Ivan Torres, a producer and writer. He has... A, 
a loose trilogy. They're not really connected, but they all focus around the OSI, the Office of Science Investigation or Scientific Investigation. And they're fascinating. I mean, it's really the scientist as hero film. The first film in this quote-unquote series is The Magnetic Monster, also starring Richard Carlson, which I really enjoy and feel is incredibly underrated. It's got a great monster in it, scientist as hero, some interesting relationships between the men and women in that, for better or worse. Riders to the Stars is the second film in this set. Now, Richard Carlson does not play the same character. He plays a scientist who has picked out of basically a national lottery of all the best scientific minds in various fields to be part of a team to go up into outer space to capture a meteorite. See, the thing is, is that a ship was sent up into space, came back down, and its molecular structure had changed. And the U.S. government wants to find out why before somebody else does. So there's a little bit of Cold War stuff going on here, just a touch, not a whole lot. Really, the story's about... A handful of scientists being weeded down to just a couple that are sent out into outer space. Now, Carlson is in the film, but he's not the lead. Really, the lead is William Lundigan. He plays Dr. Richard Stanton. He's kind of our dashing scientist, going to be an astronaut kind of guy. Really enjoyed his performance. Herbert Marshall's also in the film. He plays another Dr. Stanton. He's in charge of the project to send people up. The other character that I found fascinating in this is Dr. Jane Flynn, played by Martha Heyer. Yes, it's a 50 sci-fi movie, so there's a little bit of that. Men are the leads of their stories. Women are always the co-stars or supporting romantic leads of their stories. So there's a little bit of that. But even though Dr. Flynn spends some time making coffee for everybody to make sure everybody has coffee, she's also an integral part of what's going on with Dr. Stanton's story. Yeah, it's romantic. So there's a little bit of cliche stereotype stuff going on here. But it's also very interesting to me, and I really enjoyed it. It also doesn't hurt that Martha Heyer sells her role. She's a wonderful actress in this film. And Richard Carlson does an amazing job. I'm used to seeing him in leading man roles. And while he is kind of a secondary in this thing, it's interesting to see him go from super confident, super, well, I don't want to say cocky or arrogant, but very in control, very smart. He figures things out really quick. And towards the end of the movie, his character takes a turn that allows Carlson, the actor, to really portray something that I haven't seen before. Writers of the Stars is not easy to get your hands on. I had to uh, find a copy of it that was a dupe off of something that was on TCM at one point, and it wasn't the best print. There were some pops and some scenes kind of cut out like in the real changes, which is unfortunate. I think this is a fun movie. I really enjoyed the flick. I read the novelization that was supposedly written by Kurt Siodmak. It was actually ghostwritten by somebody else, but Siodmak's the screenwriter on the film, so... That's the name they put on the novel. I actually read the novel first, and the story of the novel and the movie are pretty much in line with each other, so I would recommend you check that one out, as I would also recommend World Without End from 1956. Now, this was something that was recommended to me on Facebook when I was talking about how I wanted to see another classic sci-fi movie. Riders to the Stars doesn't really have a monster in it, per se. World Without End does have some savages, some mutates, that sort of thing, and it definitely feels like a classic Star Trek episode. Some people go up into outer space in a rocket. They have some time issues. They come back, and time has advanced without their knowledge, without them. So they come back down, and it's been like five centuries, and the world is a very different place. There's been war. There's been radiation. There's been a splintering of humanity. People who live on the surface, and they're the aggressive savage types versus the scientists, cerebral types who believe that nobody really needs a weapon living underground. 
I can't help but see something like Idiocracy in a movie like this or Beyond the Time Barrier, which I saw not too long ago in something like this. It's interesting, again, to look at 50s versions of uh, dystopia, post-apocalyptica, especially when you've got somebody like Hugh Marlowe in the lead role here. I really enjoyed Hugh Marlowe in the movie. And the rest of the cast is pretty good, too. I mean, Rod Taylor's in it. But Hugh Marlowe sells the film, and you know he's a favorite of us here at Monster Kid Radio with his appearances in movies like The Day the Earth Stood Still or Earth vs. the Flying Saucers. Now, this movie is easier to get your hands on. It sells for less than $10 uh, as a double feature with the movie Satellite in the Sky over at Amazon. So it's a double feature, uh, you know, less than 5 bucks a pop per movie on the disc. I think it's definitely something I'm going to go back and revisit. Some of the special effects are a little cheesy. I mean, they run into a giant spider that's really just a big, giant rubber spider. And as with Matango, the characters have guns and a limited supply of ammunition, but it's not until after they've fired several rounds that they realize, hey, we've got a limited supply. I mean, at first, the characters think they're not even on Earth. They think they're on some planet somewhere that just happens to have oxygen and gravity. So they're firing bullets left and right. No big deal. Hardly ever making their mark. Maybe this is why I would be a terrible person to have in a situation where I need to defend somebody or, or use a weapon uh, because I'd be too concerned about counting down the bullets and worrying about what kind of ammunition and, and where my stocks are while I'm in the middle of a firefight. So among other reasons, it's probably a bad idea to give me a gun and tell me to go do something anyway i really liked world without end it does feel a little stage e meaning that it was obvious it was filmed on a soundstage somewhere and the rubber spider but you know for the most part i still really enjoyed the movie now of course just because i talk about movies that i've been watching lately doesn't mean that i don't want to talk about these movies in depth with a guest down the line if you have a favorite movie that you really enjoy, that means something to you, that's moved you, inspired you, whatever, and you would like to come on to Monster Kid Radio to talk about it, drop me an email and let me know. And we can see about scheduling a time to Skype it up, or I can call you and we'll make it happen. You can be a guest on Monster Kid Radio. play a game of the classic five with a good friend of mine larry underwood aka dr gangrene how's it going larry doing great all right so the classic five five rapid fire yes or no this or that type questions no wrong answer unless you disagree with me you ready i'm ready all right first question billy the kid versus dracula or jesse james meets frankenstein's daughter billy the kid versus dracula rod serling or alfred hitchcock rod serling Wow, okay. What prop from a classic monster movie would you like to own? Uh, Wolfman's cane. Ooh, nice. Imhotep or Karis? Imhotep. And finally, favorite mad scientist? Well, I guess I should say Dr. Gang Green, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Favorite mad scientist? That's a tough one. We'll go Dr. Frankenstein, the classic... Awesome. Awesome. All right. So thank you for playing the Classic Five. Your prize is that you get to pitch whatever you want for the next 30 seconds. Well, I guess I should pitch my own stuff. You can come by my website at drgangreen.com for my daily, almost, blog. Okay, it's more like a weekly at this point, but sometimes <laughs> I do better than other times. Or you can come by my personal blog at larryunderwood.blogspot.com where I've been posting about my uh, most recent writing endeavors doing uh, short fiction. And we will make sure there are links to both of these websites in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. And we're going to have Larry back on in the future to talk about Vincent Price movies. Woohoo! 
you head over to monsterkidradio.net, you can see some images, some close-up pictures of a sculpture that Tom Beagler did here for us at Monster Kid Radio. Well, when I say for us, I really mean for you, because he is giving us an opportunity to give this away to a lucky listener of Monster Kid Radio. Now, this is a sculpt that he created in 24 hours. I'm amazed. I'm blown away. I've seen this in person. I've actually got it here at Monster Kid Radio Central now. It's an amazing piece of artwork that you have an opportunity to win. And this is open to anybody in the world. You will win the original sculpt, which will also come with a certificate of authenticity. If you want an opportunity to win this Matango mini bust, here's how you enter. You must email us at monsterkidradio at gmail.com, your name, your mailing address, and make up the title of another monster movie featuring killer vegetables. Matango is about killer mushrooms, the attack of the mushroom people, fungus killers, whatever you want to call it. Well, there are plenty of other vegetables out there that I'm sure could be just as scary. Well, maybe not because I don't like mushrooms, but almost as scary. So email us at monsterkidradio@gmail.com. The name of another movie, you get to make it up, the name of another monster movie featuring killer vegetables. Maybe tell us, I don't know, a sentence or two about what it's about. Email us monsterkidradio@gmail.com. your name, your mailing address, your vegetable monster movie name, and maybe a byline. Get that to us by the end of the month, August 31st. You will be put in the drawing for this Matango mini bust, courtesy of sculptor Tom Beagler. Next week on Monster Kid Radio, I'm having Larry Underwood back on the show. We're going to talk about Vincent Price over on our Facebook group, which you can join if you look us up on Facebook. Or follow the link at monsterkidradio.net. I had a poll up asking the listeners, which other monster movie actor or mainstay would you like me to create a top three movie list for? We've done Bela Lugosi. We've done Boris Karloff. We've done John Agar. Well, Vincent Price was at the top of the list. And Larry Underwood loves Vincent Price. So I'm having him on the show next week to talk about Vincent Price movies, top three Vincent Price list for me and for him. That's going to be a lot of fun. If you have any thoughts about Vincent Price, Call it in. Email us. You know the drill at this point. Big thanks to everybody who's given us a vote over on iTunes, who's supported us online, who's given us likes on Facebook. Really appreciate everybody's support. Appreciate everybody heading over to our website and checking things out. And I just appreciate everybody listening to Monster Kid Radio. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song The Age of Space, which appears in this episode of Monster Kid Radio, courtesy of the band King Ghidra. We'll talk to everybody next week. Mm-hmm.